Hello, everyone. I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. Welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. So today we have my very good friend, Sashin Patel, and he's going to be talking about the 21st century wellness. The doctor of the future is the patient. He's a, a patient advocate. He wants people to be their own inner doctor. And we're going to be talking about, you know, why you don't want to think about prevention, because this implies you're preventing a disease, which ironically, you can then attract that very thing into your life. And he talks about what you want to do instead, what you want to focus on instead of this dreaded disease you might get in the future. Uh, we also talk about how to become your inner doctor and stop giving your power away to a broken sick care system, a broken medical system. We also talk about why people are looking for these complex solutions to their health problems when most are missing the very, very basics, uh, hydration and eating more vegetables and sleep and things like this, blue light. Uh, we'll talk about as a health practitioner, how uh, session gives sage advice on how to better approach working with your clients and patients. And he's doing this through his new event. It's called Perfect Practice Live. So you can go to perfectpracticelive.com and check that out. So really, really good show today. Uh, session is like, he's such a wealth of information. I've been following him for a few years and I just, I absolutely love his messaging. And I know you're going to love this show today. I know you guys listening to this show are concerned about detoxification and how to detox and what your body burden of toxins is. So I created a quiz called heavymetalsquiz.com. You can go there, it takes a couple of minutes to take the quiz and you get your, your results, like your relative body burden of toxins. And then after you get your results, you get a free video series that answers all of your most frequently asked questions about detoxification. So go take it really quick at heavymetalsquiz.com. And if you guys like the show today, you like what you hear, please click that like button below. Please click the subscribe button and the notifications button so that you get my videos every single time that I publish a new one. I publish two or three a week and I want you to get them as soon as they come out. So hit that subscribe button and please like the video too. Our guest today, Seishan Patel, is a father, husband, philanthropist, and functional medicine practice success coach, speaker, author, and plant medicine advocate. Uh, Session is convinced that the doctor of the future is the patient, and he has committed himself to helping others raise their consciousness, activate their inner doctor, and initiate their deepest healing to the use of lifestyle, breath work, and respectful use of psilocybin. Session founded the Living Proof Institute, through which he pioneered a revolutionary approach to patient-centered healthcare, and he coaches hundreds of practitioners around the world so that they're empowered to deliver affordable and inspired care to their communities through his Perfect Practice Mentorship Program. He's an advocate of transforming the healthcare paradigm, and he's devoted his life to the betterment of healthcare for both patients and practitioners. You can learn more about Sashin and his work at becomeproof.com. Sashin, thanks so much for coming on the show. Wendy, thanks for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Yeah, so I've been wanting to have you on for a while. I've been chasing you for a couple of years because uh, I, I am, I'm a member of your Facebook group and I just love your messaging and I love how you're trying to help transform 
our typical our health paradigm today. Can you talk a little bit about that and your your mission, what you're trying to accomplish with your work? Sure. Well, thanks for asking. First of all, um, here's what I'll say. I have a philosophy that's very contrarian, and that is that the doctor of the future, I believe, is the patient. And I learned something from one of my mentors, uh, James Chestnut, many, many years ago, is that we actually don't need more healthcare practitioners, hospitals, or healers. We need more healthy people. And so if that's what we need, and I think everyone can agree to that, that if people were just healthier, then the world would be a better place. Well, how, what's the fastest way to get there? Well, the fastest way to create that world isn't to wait for people to get sick, to have cancer, to have diabetes, and then hope that they want a transformation that stage in their life. Meanwhile, they may have missed the best years of their life at that point. We want that to happen from the very beginning. So, you know, having a 10-year-old son myself, and, you know, for those of you that have children that are listening to this, I don't think any of us want a natural solution to treat a loved one with cancer. We'd rather them not have cancer in the first place. So if we're going to actually create that outcome, we need a system that creates that outcome. And right now, the best system that we have to offer people, even if it is a natural system, is waiting for people to get sick waiting for them to fail conventional medicine, and then maybe even perhaps failing several natural alternatives, and then finally finding themselves in our practice only to find out that they could have been healthy all along had they chosen to be. And that's not to take away from you know challenges that people have. So I'm not trying to come across as insensitive, but there's so many things that we could be doing or could have been doing for ourselves that make us more resilient to whatever environment you put us in that allows us to thrive. You know, not just survive, not just recover, uh, but to actually thrive. And, and so that's the world I want for my son. That's a world that I'd love to see in my lifetime. So I'm doing whatever I can to make that a reality. And so what I recognize is that there's a formula for health, and it's the same formula to help somebody get healthy. It's like a road, right? So if I'm traveling to, let's say, Disney World from my home in Toronto, well, I could be in Orlando and Disney World's only a half hour away, but I could, I'd end up taking the same road, you know, in those last few miles, no matter where I drove in from. So the idea here is how close are we to our final destination that we want to get to health and vitality? And then what journey do we need to go on and what principles do we need to follow? And the key is like, I don't have to change how I drive when I get there, right? Or as I get closer, I don't change how I drive. I'm closer to my destination, but how I got there doesn't change. It's the same rules. It's the same principles. So our objective is to really put health back into people's hands, to teach them how to be healthy, vibrant, and give them a formula that works. Yeah. And I think part of the, the issue is that people feel like if there's an absence of disease, then therefore they're automatically healthy. And, and I think that's uh, a big part of the issue. And also when people go to their doctors and get a checkup or maybe they're not feeling well and the doctor runs a bunch of tests and then nothing comes back abnormal, then they're given a, a clean bill of health. Oh, I don't find anything wrong. And it's just uh, completely backwards. So there, there are so many people that don't have an absence of a technical diagnosis that are the farthest thing from health. Yeah. And it's kind of unfortunate because of what our disease system looks for. It's looking for disease. It's not looking for optimal health and, and optimal wellness. And I think when people know something's wrong with them, it can be very frustrating to be told everything is normal. It can be very dismissive. And it's also important for everyone to recognize that you can have normal stellar blood work 
and still feel miserable because there's more to us than our biology, right? There's more to us than the hardware uh, that the doctor is measuring. There's also the software. So you and I could have the exact same computer. We could both have like a brand new computer, same hardware, but I could take that computer and make a multi-million dollar business with it. And you could take that computer, not you, but somebody else could take that computer and destroy it, right? Same hardware, but the software and how they're utilizing it, it could be completely different. So we also have to understand that when the doctor is telling us how that there's nothing wrong with us, that doesn't mean there's nothing wrong with how we're using our bodies. It just means that there's nothing biologically wrong with us, but you can have somebody who's healthy and have them still feeling miserable, depending on what conditions and emotions we put their body in, right? You could have normal cholesterol, but still feel miserable and hate your job or have something traumatic happen to you and be struggling uh, with that as well. So really like understanding that we are both hardware and software and both are required to function optimally for us to feel our best. Once we start to realize that, then we'll start to realize how much we're leaving on the table for people. Now, many people's health challenges uh, that they're struggling with are not because their biology is breaking down, but it's because the messaging that they're sending to their biology is not congruent with what their goals are. So let's use a car as a simple analogy. We could have the exact same car, but if the driver is not a good driver, doesn't follow the rules, I mean, they're more likely to get a speeding ticket, get into a car accident, injure themselves or injure somebody else. But you could have somebody else who has the exact same car, exact same condition, who's a safe driver, who follows the rules. I know that doesn't sound very attractive, right? But, uh, you know, somebody who obeys the law, who, who follows the rules, is, is driving safely, paying attention. That person is going to get from A to B in a much healthier way, so to speak. So it's really like looking at the environment that we're in, the behaviors that we carry out, and then how well does our hardware actually work? Yeah. And so you founded the Living Proof Institute. And what are some of the principles that you teach in that institute when you're training practitioners? Yeah. So so the thing is with us at Living Proof, our primary objective is to help patients realize that they're the doctor of the future, to bring health back into people's homes, to help them incorporate simple behavior change that is then transferred to everyone else that lives in their household. So uh, again, having a young son myself, I understand that between the age of zero and eight, our children are very impressionable. So if a mom's not feeling well, and she goes to a practitioner, whether it's a natural practitioner or a holistic practitioner or not, an allopathic practitioner, if that mom comes home with pills, Okay, the child doesn't know what's in those pills, but what they're learning is that when I don't feel well, I have to look outside of me for all the answers. And that conditioning runs deep in their subconscious so that whenever they don't feel well, they don't think what behavior should I change, right? Or what part of my lifestyle should I optimize? They immediately think that the answer is outside of them. And that's one of the worst things that we could pass on to our children is making them think that the answers for their health are all outside of them. Some answers are outside of us, but it really truly starts with what's inside of us, right? And that's where we need to go first for all the other things to work even more impactfully and effectively. So our objective is to create an affordable solution for our patients that teaches them skills that they develop over years and years and years and get better and better and better. 
And that increases the value of their program. We teach them skills that they can then teach to other people and their family. Like we don't want the whole family coming in, right? We want one person coming in that teaches the rest of the family how to get and stay healthy and how to feel optimized. And then that hopefully transfers into other family members, into other networks that they might have. I mean, I believe that that's the only solution, the only viable solution that in our lifetime, we will see healthy communities, vibrant communities is if we actually teach people how to be healthy from the very beginning. You know, there's three things they don't teach you in school and you have to, it makes you kind of wonder why they don't teach you how to grow your own food so they can feed you garbage when you grow up and you don't even know what real food is. And you think that chips and pop and stuff like that is food when it's really not. The other thing they don't teach you about is money, right? So if we can keep people broke, if we can keep them in debt and keep them stressed out, then that's obviously not a good situation for them, but it's very lucrative for our economy. And the third thing they don't teach you is anything meaningful about health. So you kind of scratch your head and you're like, why don't they teach us any of this? And then you look at the economy and you realize that these are the most profitable systems and industries and businesses in our economy. And it relies on people not knowing this information. It relies on people being willing to put garbage in their body and thinking it's food. It relies on people not knowing how to take care of their health and delegating it to somebody else who didn't learn about health, who learned everything there is to learn about disease. Right. And that's the thing. If you don't have a disease that the doctor can recognize or identify, then in their paradigm, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. How is that possible? If you order all the wrong tests and you ask all the wrong questions, of course, you're going to get the wrong. The answers don't even matter because you're asking the wrong questions. Right. If you're asking what disease does this person have, then you're going to look for disease. But if you're asking what dysfunction does this person have or what opportunities does this person have to improve or optimize their health, that's a different set of questions. It's a different answer that you're going to seek and a different answer that you're going to accept, right? So people want to know what's wrong with them. Well, how about we first figure out what are they doing that's right? And how do we lean into those things? And then how do we create behavior change? Because ultimately, and I, I know you're um, a coach as well. And you know, I became an FDN uh, fairly recently because I believe coaching is really the future. You know, uh, behavior changes require a coach. Most chronic illnesses are caused by behavior that can be modified and diseases are then caused by uh, poor behavior choices over a period of time. So medical conditions need a medical doctor. Behavior change requires coaching and accountability. And that's what we try to do is, is how do we teach people simple, practical, sustainable steps that are transferable skills that they develop over many weeks, days, months, years, and how, how do they teach that then to their family? And I can see it in my head right now, as clear as day, that's the only way we can actually create healthy communities and a healthy planet. Um, and if that's what we all want, then that's what I believe we all need to get behind. And then I teach this to other practitioners. So that's where perfect practice comes in where, you know, we're teaching these, you know, ancient, we're, we're taking ancient wisdom and irrefutable practices and synergizing them together. So we believe we kind of think of our patients like a diamond. And so when people go see a healthcare practitioner, a lot of times the focus might be on one facet of the diamond, which is diet, right? So I think of, I think of diet, like the table of a diamond, it's the widest facet of a diamond. And yes, that's going to create a lot of brilliance if we polish it, but 
the true brilliance is going to come when we start polishing the other facets of the diamond. So that could be things like sleep. That could be things like connecting with nature. It could be our breath, right? Our, the tone of our parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, our autonomic function. It could be, you know, not just what we eat, but how we eat and how we digest our food. Uh, so these are like very key principles that nobody's really taught us. Right. Uh, so what we realized is that many people would come to us having spent thousands of dollars and still willing to spend thousands of dollars, but putting all their faith in what I believe were the wrong solutions, putting all their faith outside of them first, instead of inside of them first. And again, it's going to be an inside outside effect, but we always start with the inside. What can we do internally to start feeling amazing? And then what I also realized is that functional medicine, the way it's currently practiced is very difficult to scale. So it's almost impossible to scale because the busier you get, the more com complex your cases tend to get. Each patient is bio-individualized. That creates complexity. They're on unique protocols. That creates complexity. And not to say that there isn't a time and place for that. We still do that. We've done that for many years, but 80 to 85% of people aren't doing the basics. Right. So when I get a text or an email from somebody at two 30 in the morning, asking me why they're not feeling better. Well, you're up at two 30 in the morning. Like you have a circadian mismatch. Of course, you're not going to feel good. And this is the case over and over and over again with people, you know, when we were doing live webinars, I'm sorry, live in-person trainings, we would look at the time that people would be registering for the event. And they'd be on Facebook at two 30 in the morning, registering for the event. Right. And I'm just like, okay, like, I'm glad you're joining us, but this is probably why you're not feeling well, right? Because you have a mismatch in your biology and we can't negotiate with nature. And that's what we've tried to do. So we're teaching practitioners how to incorporate foolproof systems, biology approaches to getting their clients healthy and, and creating an, an internal environment of resilience, tonifying their central nervous system, getting their autonomics in a more parasympathetic dominant state increasing blood flow to their trunk organs. As you know, that's super important. Uh, this, this might be interesting to you, Wendy, when we're in a state of fight or flight, only 5% of our blood goes to our liver and kidneys. When we're in a parasympathetic state, a relaxed state, a regenerative state, 50% of our blood goes to our liver and kidneys. So I could give somebody the best supplements and support on the planet, but if they're sympathetic dominant, it's like putting fertilizer, it's giving the nutrients to the grass but I'm not watering the grass. So the nutrients aren't going to be able to do their job as effectively. So we shift people and that's the trillion dollar secret. We shift their sympathetic overdrive into being parasympathetically balanced. And what that does is it activates their own internal healing system. And what's beautiful about that approach is that you don't just heal one system, you heal them all, right? So our current, you know, kind of allopathic paradigm, unfortunately is willing to, make one number or two numbers on a piece of paper look better at the expense of destroying other systems in your body, right? Like I'm trading cholesterol for my liver. Like, how does that make sense? Right. I'm taking, I'm, I'm trading a, a, an organ for a number on a piece of paper. It, and I'm destroying an, that entire organ. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, know. <laughs> I mean, I know my own father, his health was completely destroyed, taking statins completely destroyed and, took it for 10 years, developed diabetes, which is a very common side effect, mm -hmm. developed uh, then from diabetes, cancer, 
and then died from his cancer treatment. And this is a very, very, very common story. And people don't realize the, the dangers of a lot of these medications. Yeah, but it's accepted. You know what I mean? It's just like the status quo and it is the way it is, but it, we just have to change the way people think. And I, and I say just as if it's easy to do. People have to remember, right? Like companies spend billions upon billions of dollars trying to get up here, right? The most valuable thing isn't your body. The most valuable thing is your mind because your mind controls your body, it controls your behaviors, controls your actions. So if somebody can convince you from a very young age that you're broken, that there's something wrong with you and that the answers are not inside of you, that the answers are all outside of you, you'll never even look inside. So when we work with clients, like we're not trying to sell them on us, we're trying to sell them on themselves. And if we can sell you on you and you trust that your body is built in the image of perfection or is the highest level of cosmic intelligence known to humanity, then let's lean into that. Let's use that billion dollar body so it can heal itself like it knows how to. You know, there's, it's so interesting because we have to be careful what and who we put our trust into. So I would rather put my trust into a body that has built me from scratch and continues to rebuild me from scratch than a system that can't even build one cell in my body with all the technology, with all the information, with all the artificial intelligence, we as humans can't even make one cell in our body. So I would never put my faith in that system. I'm going to put my faith in a system that is building billions of cells for me right now. And if I can send those cells the right message, just like if I can drive my car in a way that abides by the rules, then I can heal my body, not just one part of my body, but every part of my body simultaneously. So who doesn't want that, right? The worst thing I can do for somebody is heal one part of them. The best thing I can do is show them a, a framework that heals every part of them, every cell simultaneously. And that's, isn't that what everyone wants, right? So that answer already exists. It's inside of us. It's not going to be created outside of us ever. It never will be. You know, if you look at research, here's what's really fascinating. If you look at research, the, if you just go to PubMed and look at the number of studies that are being published every year, the number is exponential, right? And like every six months and then three months and then every month, our knowledge, quote unquote, our knowledge doubles. But what is research? Research is us looking for answers, which means we actually have more questions, which actually means we know less and less. So if we try to match the body's complexity, you know, Bruce Lipton calls, calls, calls this the cosmic joke. The universe is kind of laughing back at us, right? You're like, dude, you're never going to figure this out. It doesn't matter if you create artificial intelligence, this or that. This is so complicated and it's so like it's operating at such a high level of uh, simplicity. That's the thing. That's, that's why what we're, it, it operates at a high level of simplicity, but we're searching in the area of complexity. And, you know, Da Vinci said this, he said, and Steve Jobs echoed this, is that the greatest sign of sophistication is simplicity. And there's nothing more sophisticated than our body, which means there should be nothing more simple to take care of. You know, think about your computer. You don't have to know every single nuance of what makes your computer work to be able to type an email to somebody, right? If you did, you would, you would never be able to do that. So what makes your computer so cool is this, how simple it is to use, not how complex it is to use. The complexity is handled by the software. The complexity is handled by the sophistication that's built into the system.
Yeah. And I like what you said earlier when you said that people are, they're looking for these complex, you know, solutions to their health issues. It must be this crazy diagnosis or it must be this complex protocol or just this supplement or medication I just haven't found yet. And people, they miss the basics. They miss hydration and sleep and minerals and de-stressing emotional trauma, these very basic foundational things and just eating more vegetables and Mm -hmm. things like that. And can you talk a little bit more about that and what because uh, I find this also because people come to me, they want to detox mercury and all these different toxins. But I'm like, no, 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 we gotta, we gotta, you know, go uh, back up a little bit. We gotta do these basic things, and then when you're hitting on all points there, then we're ready to start working on these these other, you know, more complex, higher level things. Exactly. So that's a that's a great question. So if we if we look at a upstream solution, the further upstream we go, the simpler the solution is going to be. Okay, so if you have a river, when that river starts fanning out, right, that, that's like a, a, me, a measure of complexity. So imagine a river fanning out and that river is polluted. We'd want to go as upstream as possible to find out where that source of pollution is instead of trying to f- figure it out after it's fanned out because then it's very complicated, right? Then you've got so much more work to do. But if we can walk upstream, figure out where that source of contamination is, Uh, whether it's sleep, whether it's toxic light. I mean, now with people on their computers more than ever before, I mean, I'm guilty of this. So now we actually have a lights out policy. So when the sun goes down, all the lights in our house turn off because that's going to help me increase melatonin. It's going to lower my cortisol levels. It's going to help me get into more deep, restful sleep. It's going to reduce my risk of cancer and all kinds of other things. And so we go back to the basics, right? What can we do to align our biology with our environment. Because when we do that, we automatically start moving in the direction of health. I mean, that's the default setting. The default direction that we move in is health, but we are unknowingly unconsciously working against ourselves. So big, a couple of big things for us. One is sleep. So if you're not sleeping well, then that's going to be a challenge because that's when you're most parasympathetic. That's when your body does its deepest healing And we want you to be able to get a good night's rest and feel energized in the morning. Some people will say, well, I sleep great. So my second question is, how do you feel in the morning? And they say, oh, I feel tired in the morning. Well, you don't sleep great then, right? So we measure sleep, not just by how many times you wake up in the middle of the night, but actually how you feel. What's the end result of your sleep? And that's how you feel first thing in the morning. Remember when your eyes eat light. So all the information that's coming in from your environment, your eyes are eating it. So I look at it like junk light just like I would look at as junk food. So many people might be eating a clean, healthy diet. So they're feeding their digestive system healthy, but what information are you feeding into your eyes? What information is going into your ears because your ears eat information too, right? So the music you listen to, is it relaxing? Is it stimulating? That makes a difference on your nervous system. The color temperature of the bulb. So uh, a simple thing that's really fascinating I find is that when light sources are coming from overhead, it's actually stimulating your brain to think it's daylight because in nature, the only time that the source of lighting would be coming from above is during the day, right? Particularly in the middle of the day. And then in the evening, after the sun goes down, the only sources of light would be fire and fire would be coming from below. So it hits the top of our retina and that stimulates our brain in in a unique way because it tells us, hey, it's time for us to relax. It's time for us to calm down. 
and the temperature of the light source changes as well. So during the day, it's full spectrum lighting, but if we're burning a fire, that's gonna be right, right around 800 Kelvins. So it's gonna be a much more red color. So the fire starts off yellow, then orange, and then the embers burn red. And that signals to our brain that it's time to wind down. A fire or candlelight only decreases melatonin two to 5%. Same with moonlight. Artificial light decreases melatonin by 40%. So just simple things like that make such a profound difference, right? And we have all of our patients get aura rings. So we actually track their progress. So we can actually show them, hey, when you change this behavior, here's what happens. So we want to, just like we want to stop eating a couple hours before bedtime, ideally you'd want to stop exposing your, your eyes and, and really your body to light a few hours before bedtime. So meet yourself where you're at, but if you want to see massive shifts, then there's three things that we can do. So kids do this all the time when they don't feel well and they want to heal fast, they sleep. That's the first thing they do. Second thing is they shut up. They stop talking, right? They don't tell everyone how sick they are. They just say, leave me alone. And I would equate that to meditation, right? And the third thing they do is they stop eating because now the body, instead of focusing on digesting and detoxing and processing all that new food, all that new information that's coming in, it can focus on healing and repair and regeneration because digestion is a very metabolically expensive process. So if we can get people to eat less frequently through intermittent fasting, or maybe a 24 hour fast periodically, if we can get people to focus on sleep, that makes a huge difference. And if we can get people to start going inwards and meditating, I think of meditation and breath work as flossing for your mind. So just like we would floss our teeth every day, we should floss our mind every day as well and kind of remove some of that debris that cakes up, some of that emotion, that trauma that cakes up. And certainly you can use things like plant medicine and breathwork experiences that go deeper into these realms of getting into the unconscious mind, or you can use hypnotherapy as well. But uh, yeah, we find that those are some really simple things uh, that people can do. So sleep, rest, and fasting. Another big one is, is connecting with nature. So when we're outside with nature, nature is fractal by design. So those beautiful trees and leaves and everything that I see behind you is built using a fractal mathematical system. And your brain is a fractal system. So just by simply staring at other fractals, you actually heal your brain very deeply. This is why forest bathing is so powerful. You get essential oils, you have these fractal sounds coming from the birds and other animals, and then you have fractal visuals coming in as well. So the sounds, the sights, the smells, the oils, all that stuff is very deeply healing and resetting to our bodies. You know, I was just gone on a, on a three-day trip up north in the woods and stayed up there in a cabin with my family. And it was like so beautiful to just reset. I mean, I literally, if you didn't, if you didn't know what I was doing, you probably would have thought I was crazy. I was literally sitting in a, like an outdoor recliner chair, staring at the clouds and in my mind, moving the clouds. So the sun would come out. And every time the sun would come out and just like shine down on me, I would be like, just in such a state of joy, right? Like a little kid. And in my mind, I'm moving these clouds. I'm, you know, I'm coordinating their function. And, uh, and those are the simple things that bring us such immense joy and gratitude that we don't always have time for. We don't make time for it. Like when's the last time somebody just laid in the grass? When's the last time you just stared at the clouds? Clouds are fractal as well. That's why they're so beautiful and calming uh, to our bodies as well. 
So getting outside is so powerful. Uh, being grounded in nature is also powerful. So some people have a tendency to go for a walk in the woods. I challenge people to actually sit there. I challenge people to actually stare at the bark of a tree for five minutes and watch what happens. It's like magical how that information is so healing to your brain. So getting people to, you know, do the hard, the hard and easy things, which is like, be still, be present, be in, in a parasympathetic environment in a parasympathetic state, and you deepen how much you heal. Another big thing for us is along with the fasting is how people eat. So not just what they eat, but how they eat. So you and I could eat the exact same meal. And if you chew your food, you're in a parasympathetic state, you're taking your time, you're chilling out, you have gratitude, you're going to digest that meal way better than me who just scarfs it down and doesn't chew it. I always remind people that your stomach doesn't have teeth. So you have to chew your food. And if you're eating plant foods, which I hope everyone is, then the plant wall, the cell wall is made out of cellulose. And we don't have the ability to, we don't have the enzyme cellulase to actually break through the cell wall. So that's why our teeth are so important because they break open that cell wall to actually extract the vital nutrients, phytonutrients, minerals, and everything. All the goodness that's in there requires us to actually chew our food. So for example, if you were to swallow a salad, you would poop out a salad the next day, right? And you got zero nutrition out of that food. So from a very young age, I would condition my son not to flush the toilet. He, he doesn't let me do it now, but I would tell him not to flush the toilet that I would come and I would take a look at his poop. And, uh, and then we would assess how well he's chewing his food. So we'd see like chunks of organic carrots in there. We'd see organic peas in there, you know, little pieces of broccoli. I'm like, dude, like we're buying you this healthy, ex you know, not expensive, but we're buying you this healthy food and we're paying a premium for it because it's organic, but you're not even chewing it. So you're not even getting the full benefits from it. So getting, you know, us as adults, you know, being really focused on how well we chew our food sounds so simple, but it's so powerful. And uh, that's another thing that we teach our clients too, is just understand how your body works and work it instead of assuming it's broken and then looking outside of you for the answers. I'm sure your son's never going to forget that lesson. He's going to be chewing his food for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, and it was lovely. My dad taught me a lot about health also. I mean, he was just obsessed with reading about health and learning about it and really sparked my my passion for it. And, um, you know, but it, it's one of those things is, you know, prevention or someone told me this, like prevention isn't sexy. Like people aren't, there's a lot of people out there that aren't looking at, prevention. They're not looking for, they're kind of, okay, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, how do you, how do you teach the practitioners and people like to reach people and get that messaging out there that they want to start doing something now before they get a diagnosis? Yeah. You know, my friend, Cressamir Jug said this, I don't even know if he knows how much of an impact he's had by saying this. And he said that you don't get married to prevent a divorce. You don't open a business and operate it uh, with the mindset of I'm, tr I'm trying to prevent going bankrupt, right? You'll never create anything that way. So I actually don't like the word prevention because prevention implies that it's inevitable, that it's going to happen, right? And prevention is not a systems biology approach because if you were to say, hey, I'm eating a diet to prevent cancer, 
well, then does that diet cause diabetes? Does that diet cause heart disease? Does that diet cause other things? Or does it prevent all those things as well? Right? So what I encourage people to do is change the words, like change their framework and start thinking about what am I trying to create and use, use your actions, use your food, use your thoughts as a creative tool, right? That's what separates us from all the other animals and bugs and insects and all the other intelligent life forms on this planet is that we actually have the ability to not just be consumers. We actually have the ability, the unique ability to be creators. So if you want to be an animal, right, and operate out of your reptilian brain and not use this amazing tool, the highest form of intelligence in the entire cosmos, you don't want to use this, then that's up to you, right? It's the primitive brain that, that lives in a preventive state that prevents you know, avoids pain, right? That avoids those type of things. That's like our animal brain that does that. The part of your brain that makes you human is the part of your brain that allows you to create a beautiful future for yourself. So to be human is to actually create something, not to live in a state of prevention. That's the animal part of us. So it's really up to us, right? And so when we're operating a business, like I'm not saying, well, man, I hope I break even on this right? You're saying that I hope we, I hope we do something amazing with this and I hope we crush this. And listen, I have one shot in this body, at least that I know of. So I'm just going to make a count. And, you know, we, we tell people to look at their health, like the ceiling and the foundation. So it's the foundation for everything, because when you have health that allows you to go on trips, it allows you to run a business, allows you to serve others, your family, but it's also the ceiling, right? So if your health is a six out of 10, you're never going to run an eight out of 10 business. You're never going to be a nine out of 10 dad or mom. Like your ceiling is a six. So you're a six or a less in everything that you do. So the simple analogy that I give people is think of your health, like the trunk of a tree, right? And if we look at a tree, a tree again is fractal in nature. It has this branching architecture and uh, nature is such a great teacher for all of us. But if you look at a tree, you'll notice one thing. And when I point it out, it's like, yeah, of course, the branches on a tree are always smaller than the trunk, right? So what would happen if one day the tree said, I want to grow this branch, this business, or this part of me bigger than my trunk. It's not going to happen. The tree's going to split in half and the tree's going to die. And that's what happens, right? People try to grow their business, try it bigger than they're willing to grow themselves. They want to be a better parent than they are healthy. And it's impossible to do that. So you're, if you want to grow all the branches in your life, it's easy. Grow yourself, grow the trunk, and automatically all the branches will grow, but they will grow in proportion to how much you're willing to grow yourself. So it really starts with a shift. It starts with looking at this through a new lens, through a new paradigm, being human. What does it mean to be human? What it means to be human is to be a creator, not a consumer. And so what is the future that you're creating? Because you're the only species on the entire planet and the entire known cosmos that has that capability. So you can choose, you can actually, and you guess what? You can actually choose if you want to do that or not. So if, if the choice is, Hey, I want to be the best version of me, then here's a formula for that. If yeah. the other option is, well, I want to figure out how to prevent 10,000 different ICD nine codes, right. In, in, in the, in the manual, then 
you can choose that life too. But to me, that seems very complicated. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I, every morning I spend an hour creating what I want in my life. I spend an hour with myself out in nature, out in my yard here with my peacock and all the birds and all the animals running through the yard. And I had coffee this morning with, I had uh, with a raccoon and with like a little guinea pig looking animal and I forget the name of it, uh, but, uh, and tons of birds and our, my chicken and turkeys and my peacock and, and talking about, you know, these are the emotions that I want to, to foster. This, this is the health that I want to foster. I have anti-aging commands that I do. I have all my dreams and goals that I go through. I have all the negative emotions I want to transmute and release and just go through. I'm, I'm creating my reality, creating my biology and what I want in my life. And it's incredibly powerful, the biology uh, belief. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, as you were speaking, here's what was coming up for me that I think is, is uh, exactly what you're saying you know, we can be uh, consumers, right? And consumers means like what's going in here, here, and here, or we can also be projectors. And so we, we're we receiving information, right, in through our nervous system, but then we can also use our brain and our mind to project information and create our reality. So it's it's uh, super powerful and, and, you know, it kind of goes beyond maybe this conversation, but something that I teach my clients is something called cymatics, and cymatics is how vibration organizes matter. And as we increase vibrational frequency, we increase how complex we can arrange uh, matter. And then it asks the begs the question, what's the, well, what's the most complex structure that we know of? It's the human mind, which means the human mind is vibrating at an extremely high frequency. And if frequency organizes matter, our brain can actually organize uh, and is quantumly entangled with the entire universe. So we're really just a few decisions, well, one decision away from the universe conspiring with us, right? We all come from this one source, right? Whether you believe in God or whether you believe in the Big Bang, we're entangled with everything. So we are everything and everything is us and we can command everything, but we have to believe it, right? Where what happens is most people, they... Uh, first of all, you can't you can't think in negative. So if I tell you not to think of a pink elephant, then you're thinking of a pink elephant, right? Which so whatever we are trying to pre- prevent, we're actually facilitating. So it's more about what am I trying to create? Because what we're again, what we're creating, we're whatever we're thinking of creating, we're also facilitating as well. If we think about books like Think and Grow Rich, what does Napoleon Hill talk about? He talks about whatever you think of obsessively for prolonged periods of time, multiple times a day will come into reality. But nowadays it's so hard for people to obsess over one thing because they're so easily distracted. They're so easily, you know, their mind is so easily pulled in so many different directions through social media and all these things. And what I always say is distraction destroys your destiny. So the more distracted I can keep you, the less likely you are to create a meaningful future for yourself. So the first thing we must all do is safeguard our mind. And so I try to start each day with yoga, stretching, and meditation. And I love what you said. You're outdoors, you're bathing in these fractal signatures, you're surrounding yourself in beautiful sounds and beautiful sights, and you're in that parasympathetic zone and state. I mean, that's that's like so powerful. It's so simple. And just thinking about it relaxes me, you know, but most people don't do that. They're rushing out, you know, they might have their like super healthy coffee, but then they're rushing out the door in a sympathetic dominant state. 
right? Driving to work and traffic and all these things. I mean, that coffee is going to do something totally different to you versus what it's going to do for somebody in that state of function. Yeah, for sure. And and it's also important. I think also, like I, I don't watch Netflix anymore. I very rarely go on Facebook. I'm on there sometimes, but I, I'm staying away from what I feel are low frequency things. I, I'm always trying to think about what can I do to raise my frequency? What can I do to align myself with what it is that I want in my life, the people mm-hmm. that I want in my life, the things that I, and people that I want to attract. And so you, you have to make your choices and, and with the health as well, you know, aligning, you have to make those healthy choices, the eating the fresh food versus fast food, eating uh, juices and sprouts and things like that versus having a little party in your mouth with some chocolate and, you know, you, uh, you make those choices every single day. And, and so I also want to talk about uh, an event that you're having called perfect practice live. And uh, I love your messaging. I've been following you for a few years and I just, I love all of your, your posts and uh, the things that you say in your emails. And it just uh, resonates with me so much. And I love that you're putting on this event for other health practitioners that want to bring this more kind of heart-centered approach uh, to helping their clients. Can you tell us a little bit more about what we can expect on this event? Yes. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. So this event is specifically for functional medicine practitioners and coaches and people who also want to get into this space, because I believe that there's never been a better time to be in the wellness industry And I feel that opportunities are going to be more and more over a period of time. And we've, we're only just scratching, you know, the, the surface at this point in terms of what's required of us to turn the ship around. So there's so much opportunity here. And, you know, what happened with everything in this past, uh, you know, 14 months or so is that the whole world got flipped upside down. And in fact, what we realized is that with all the technology we have, we still didn't have a solution for this. And we still don't have a solution for this, arguably, right? And what we realized is that the only solution all along was for people to be healthy, as healthy as they can be, right? And and so we're pushing that agenda forward as fast as we can. And what we realized is with functional medicine practitioners is that it can get complicated very quickly. And what most of them are looking for, even the ones that get really busy and are you know, successful in their own way, they're still looking for simplicity. So we wanted to create a simple event that is designed to give them a roadmap on how to create a successful virtual practice. Where We have Lisa Fraley, she's going to be talking about the legal implications. We have Jennifer Hoody, who's going to be talking about how to write conscious copy. We have Nicole Harlow, who's going to be talking about how to brand better and position yourself online. I'm going to be talking about a whole bunch of different things. I'm not going to, I'll let people come to the event and hear what I have to say. But one of the things I'm going to be sharing is, is how we're getting uh, at this day and age, how we're getting leads at such an effective rate. And we're getting people to take action because they're so inspired to do something with regards to their health. Uh, I have Dan Cashel, who's one of my personal mentors and consultants. He's going to come in and show us like, you know, multi-million dollar frameworks to grow your business. So my mentors that I've hired over the years are going to be joining us and sharing all this information openly and freely with everyone, because that's how committed we are to, to getting this information out there without any barriers. And we want to include everyone on this path, because the faster people can get these systems up and running, the faster people can get their questions answered, the faster we can 
you know, bring into reality the world that I know you want, the world that I want, the world I know my wife wants, and many of you listening to this want, which is where we're healthy, we're happy, we're vibrant, and we have the tools and the skills in order to be able to do that. So we provide simple uh, strategies that work because we have a practice. We're battle testing everything before we share it. We're going to be sharing what's working for us, what's working for other people. My, some of my mentees are going to be there. And we have beautiful sponsors uh, like Harmony who are going to be there as well, helping our practitioners stay healthy. You know, we're spending more time in front of a computer. I've got my pendant on. And, uh, you know, it's important for us to keep healthy as well. So we've got uh, speakers who are going to be sharing how we can transform our own health. Because again, it starts with us thickening that trunk, right? Becoming as healthy as we can be in order for us to fully express ourselves. So it's, it's going to be a fun event. We're actually on Thursday night, we're trying to break the Guinness book world record for most healthcare practitioners doing breath work together. So, <laughs> so we're going to start off the event with a powerful intention and meditation and go into the weekend with just like love and positivity and, and nurturing practitioners so they can make the impact that, uh, they need to make right now. And the, the stage has been set, right? So everyone's going online. Your patients are, are, they're receptive of working with you online, maybe a year and a half ago, they wouldn't have been, but now that's what they want. And the technology and tools and everything have already been built. So let us teach you how to use those things and then connect you with people who are helping us do it as well. Yeah. And I think this whole worldwide phenomena that happened the last 14 months um, opened people's eyes even more so to the weaknesses in the system and people are, are seeking answers in alternate places, which mm -hmm. I think is a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, so where can we uh, join your event? What is the, the website? Well, you can go to perfectpracticelive.com and you can register there. And, and certainly you can share your link, Wendy, so that uh, people can join. And we love to welcome all of those that are looking to make the impact and difference that the world needs right now. And we're, we're really, it's a rally cry to practitioners because we want them to be successful. They need to be successful. And, you know, this is a very narrow sliver in time where we can do this. And I want to do whatever it takes to, to make sure that happens. So thank you for allowing me to speak about the event. Yes. Yeah. And you have a book called Perfect Practice also, correct? Yes. A podcast and a book. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So you guys go listen to the podcast. It's, you know, uh, Sushin's fantastic. He's, like I said, he's such a good speaker. You listen to him on the show today. I highly recommend going and checking out that podcast, check out his book. And if you're a practitioner or wanting to, to be one, definitely highly recommend the, his event, perfectpracticelive.com. So thanks for coming on the show and everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in every week to the Myers Detox podcast. It's such a pleasure to be able to sit with you guys every week and be able to share cutting edge tools and, and tips to help, you know, give you better health and give the gift to yourself of, of better health. So thanks for joining me every week and, uh, and listening to what I have to say. I so appreciate it. So thanks for tuning in and I will speak to you guys next week. The Myers Detox podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. 
This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.